Let us help you reach your peak in retirement. It's time for Retirement Elevated with Sean Lee. So let's talk about the SECURE Act of 2019. First of all, why don't you tell the listeners what it is? All right. So, yeah, the SECURE Act, actually, it snuck through Congress. They did sneak uh, it in, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. We, I mean, we everybody expected it to go through. I guess maybe not in the way that it went through. They mm-hmm. kind of attached it to the bipartisan appropriations bill. Okay. Uh, in essence, what that was, that it, it just helped to avert another government shutdown. Right. And, and as that bill went through, they, they attached what's called the SECURE Act to it, which the SECURE Act, what that stands for is setting every community up for retirement Enhancement Act. Okay. So the Secure Act itself has a lot of different retirement provisions in it. Some are good, some are, you know, so-so. But there are some pieces in the Secure Act that, if you if you strategically plan properly, can have a dramatic effect on your on your plan. So that's we're this is something that we're pretty excited about, especially from a tax strategy planning perspective. That this could be a big a big deal and help a lot of the families that we represent. Yeah, and it seems to be it's the first major retirement legislation since the Pension Protection Act of 2006 uh, that required minimum distribution rules. Uh, that impact retirement savings accounts are changed drastically. So we're going to talk about some of the places where it will affect. Uh, there's a lot of fluff in here too, but there's also a lot of pieces that do seem to help. As you mentioned, there's some good, there's some bad, right, with any legislation that goes through. So um, we're going to talk about a couple. Let's first all kick it off with a couple major changes to the RMD rules, okay? So the required minimum distributions. Tell us about some of those changes. All right, so this this is actually a, a good thing and a bad thing. Okay. When, when you look at... When you look at the changes to the required minimum distribution rules, the first change or one of the changes, it actually increases the age for required minimum distribution. Yeah, so no more half year, right? <laughs> uh, dude, man, it's... <laughs> 70 and a half on the... Uh, I don't know how they came up with that in the first place, but so so here's what happened. Okay. They said, the, the Congress said, all right, life expectancy is getting longer and longer. Uh, there are there's a good chunk of Americans that don't need to pull their money out, right? And because life expectancy is increasing, let's change this from the seventy and a half magical rule to seventy two. A whole year and a half. Wow, Way yeah, to go, guys. A whole year and a half. But from a from a tax planning perspective, because I I went through and I looked at some of the families that we represent. And we had we had strategic uh, strategies, you know, through Roth conversions and and, and things like that. Because right. right now, I mean, if you look at the history of tax law and tax rates, we're at the lowest tax rate in the last eighty years. So through proper planning, we we've really inc- been able to incorporate some Roth conversions and using insurance and things of that nature to to really reduce down the tax burden down the road. Mm-hmm. And for those families that this this type of tax planning really works for, getting those two extra years that's a that's a big deal for us because now we can get more money into a tax free situation. Gotcha. Uh, than we could before. Okay. All right. So that's a that's a bonus then. So another piece of this with the RMDs is the stretch IRA. Now this one could maybe be seen as a negative. Yeah, and this one this one's hard. I, I mean, it's not hard, but basically in the past, if I were to inherit my mother's IRA, I could choose to stretch that out over my life expectancy. Right. Which Let's meant say that, it's 30 years or whatever, right? Yeah. So I have to take out a small little sliver of the account every year based on my life expectancy as a minimum distribution. But the benefit of having a stretch is that I could stretch it out over you know, my life. 
And so I don't get hit with a big tax bill right up front. As part of the SECURE Act, what they did is they removed the stretch inherited IRA provisions. Uh, now, they didn't remove them entirely, but this is, is a scenario with the stretch IRA is that they said, okay, we're going to remove the lifetime you know, stretch IRA option and we're going to allow beneficiaries to distribute the money over a 10-year period. Right. So they chopped it down. 10 the max, right? Is my understanding? Yeah, 10 years is the max. And and typically what happens if it's a small IRA, you know, uh, that's inherited, it's usually just cashed out and and it's gone. But when you, when you start to see as as wealth starts to transfer in our country, um, there's going to be these big IRA inheritances that go to the next generation. And so when you look at the it only being a 10-year stretch provision now, it's going to cause some unnecessary taxation to that that second generation. So in my mind, that's why tax planning and building a tax strategy up front while you still have time and while you're still alive and, and why taxes are at the lowest they've been in the last 80 years, it becomes even more and more important. Yeah, absolutely. And so we're going to talk more about that here in just a second. So let me remind you, if you are have some questions or you'd like to get started, we actually offer a pretty uh, cool way for you to kind of dip your toe in the water, if you will. Uh, you can text in to Sean and get your own retirement toolkit. If you want to know more about the best ways to plan for retirement, then be sure to get the Smart Retirement Toolkit. It's a free physical box that Sean has put together and the team uh, for you. It's a fantastic starter guide for anybody thinking about retiring in the near future learn how to avoid some retirement planning mistakes, social security, income planning, investing, and to learn about how much risk you should take within your portfolio. So to get your own free smart retirement toolkit, just text the word SMART, S-M-A-R-T, to 800-599-9895, the main show number there. Again, text the word SMART to 800-599-9895 for your complimentary smart retirement toolkit. And if you don't like to text, you can also just call that same number and let them know you'd like to have that toolkit set out to you. And of course, you leave your basic contact information so they can reach out and get all the pertinent details so they know where to mail it. And that's a great way to get started. So reach out and talk to the team about that toolkit. So Sean, let's jump down here a little bit and talk about the RMDs again, because I want to mention the fact that they're saying that 2020 now is going to be like a, this weird lost year uh, of RMDs. Can you give us a little bit of explanation on that? With this lost year of, of 2020, so here, here are the, the details and facts behind that, Mark. If okay. you turn 70 and a half by the end of 2019, mm-hmm. you still need to start taking RMDs for 2019. The first one is still going to need to come out by April 1st of 2020. However, if you turn 70 and a half after January 1st of 2020, you now won't be required to take an RMD for 2020. Okay. In fact, no one will be required to take an RMD for 2020 based on turning 70 and a half in 2020 or turning 72 in 2020. It's really going to be a lost year of required beginning dates for RMDs based on age. So instead of anyone turning 70 and a half in 2020, they won't hit their age 72 until 2021 or 2022. This means that their first required minimum distributions will now have to be out of the account by either April 1st of 2022, if you reach age 72 in 2021, or by April 1st, 2023, 
if you reach age 72 in 2022. Now, I know that there's a lot of age differences and changes. Right, right. And, and what I would, what I'd ask, tell our listeners to do is that there's, there's a lot that goes on in, in this particular act. There's a lot of changes that could be positive or negative for you. Take the time and, and do your due diligence and speak with somebody who can help guide you through this and help you determine, and you know, do I need to make tax adjustments to my plan or do I need to put some thought into how this really affects me? Right. Because once you hit those ages, it's, it's kind of done. You got to just follow what the government laws. So let's talk about increased small employer access to retirement plans, because there's a lot of people who own their small business owners, and maybe they have employees that they've wanted to do retirement plans for, but they haven't been able to, or maybe you're working for one of those companies and haven't been able to. This is kind of significant because it's now going to allow smaller companies to offer this. No, I think this is a this is a big deal for small business. I mean, there's the majority of our country. I mean, people think uh, you know, everybody, the majority of our country works for large yeah. employers. Yeah, Apple and GM and so on and so forth. Yeah. And that's not the case. I yeah. mean, the majority of our country, we are work for small businesses of 20, 25 people mm. or less. Like your company. Yeah. We're yeah, all small I mean, firms. We have our firm our office here in Salt Lake, we have 13 and our office in Kansas City has another 12. So we fall right in, mm-hmm. right in that. I mean, obviously my partner's out in Kansas City and I run here, but when we start to look at small employer access to retirement plans, this, this could be a big deal for not only the employer themselves, but the employees. Mm-hmm. And essentially what this, uh, this does is that this allows small employers to all come together and set up and offer 401k plans with less of that liability and concern from a fiduciary standpoint and less cost than exists today. Under current setup, small employers have to set up their own 401k plan. There's right. there's costs associated with it. And to start something like that, it tends to be a little bit more expensive. And so this allows for those for companies to kind of come together, group together and join forces to set up a plan and spread the cost uh, around now, the goal here is to just uh, create and expand that that small employer's capability to offer some form of retirement right, savings to right. their employees. That's the key, right? Because it's just been, like you said, for most businesses, they're like, "I'd love to do it, but I just can't afford it." Well, and there's there's lots of frustration around the other attempts with the simple IRAs right. and SEPs, and those were developed to help achieve this outcome, but. Ultimately, they have they haven't filled in as as well as kind of the four hundred one k idea has. So so the I, hopefully this this brings employers together and allows them to to offer this to their employees and allow and incentivize their employees to start to save. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it's a great piece of it. Uh, as we mentioned at the top of the program, there's definitely some pros and cons to the SECURE Act. And of course, that's the case with any legislation. And so that'll continue to develop as people start to use this and utilize the different things. But we're just kind of focusing on some of the bullet points here that may affect our listening audience. So let's talk about increased annuity options inside retirement plans. That's another component of this. Yeah, and this is, I think this could be really good or really bad, depending on who's building the plan. Because, you know, annuities, they tend to be restrictive. They get they get a good name and a bad name. You know, they're just like anything else. Sure, yeah. If they're used properly, they could be a, a viable tool. If they're used improperly, then we know what's happened there. But what this uh, section does is that it, it really seeks to update the safe harbor provision for, for plan sponsors to to be able to select annuity providers to offer in-plan annuities inside of their 401k. 
Now, currently, a lot of 401ks stay away from annuities in part because they just don't want the liability of picking <laughs> one insurance company over over another, right? Right, right. You know, there's there's a lot of good companies out there and there are a lot of you know, suspect ones. They they want to make sure that they they pick the right the right carrier with the right contract that goes inside of their their four hundred one k plan. Okay, uh, but the new rules, in essence, they essentially ease this liability concern to some degree. It's opening up the path for more annuities to be offered inside of retirement plans, almost like your your investment menu you can have, but then you can have an annuity menu. Okay. I gotcha. All right. So yeah. And so that uh, some of these, again, remains to be seen how they'll play out. So that as to your point, it could be good or bad depending. And of course, I know I want to mention again, that if you are listening to the show, if you're new to the show and you'd like to get started with Sean and the team, a great way to do that is to get your own retirement toolkit uh, that we offer right here on the program. It is complimentary yours to have by simply texting in and letting them know you'd like to get the smart retirement toolkit. And if you want to know more about it, it's you know it's got some really great ways for you to plan for retirement. It's a free physical box of items that Sean's put together for you. Uh, there's a lot of different things in there you can kind of look through. Uh, I believe there's uh, multiple things. It's a fantastic starter guide for anybody thinking about retirement in the near future. You can learn how to avoid retirement planning mistakes. There's some social security tidbits, income planning, investing, uh, and various different things to uh, when it comes to risk on how much risk you should be taking inside your portfolio. So again, to get your complimentary free Smart Retirement Toolkit, just text the word SMART to 800-599-9895. That's the main number here for the show. Text the word SMART to 800-599-9895, and they will get that sent out to you. If you don't like texting, just give them a call and say, hey, I heard the show, and I'd really like to get that toolkit for myself. Can you send me the information? And they'll be happy to do so. It just requires basically your name and phone number, uh, and they'll call you back and get all that pertinent detail and send it out to you. At the same number, if you want, you can also get on the calendar for that complimentary review. So either way, it's a good idea to give them a call at 800-599-9895. All right, Sean, um, component number four here I want to touch on for a minute. Removal of age limitations on IRA contributions. Yeah, so in in years past, not to use the term that when I was a kid. Um, <laughs> That's all right. You know, but... 2019, and we'll go 2019 to 2020. In 2019, basically, if you were over 70 and a half and you were continuing to work, you could no longer contribute to an IRA. Right, because you're now having to pull it out, right, with the RMDs. Right, right. But you could still, if you were still working, you could amazingly go ahead and contribute to a Roth IRA. <laughs> That's government work for you. It makes, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, and so what the Secure Act has done is it said, okay, there are more and more people working past 70. If they don't have, you know, going back to the small employer plan, if they don't have a plan, we want them to still be able to save. So let's remove the age limit on traditional IRA contributions. So going into next year, 2020, if you're over 70 and a half and you're still continuing to work, you can still make a traditional IRA contribution but much like you could in 2019 if you were under 70 and a half. Right. Okay. And, and so do you, how do you see that playing out? Do you see that having any kind of benefit for, because we are working longer to your original point when we started this conversation, uh, some people are still working and it's like, hey, if I can continue to put money in there that I'm then going to use later in retirement, why shouldn't I? Yeah. And if they're not being required to pull it out, I right. mean, it makes, it makes perfect sense that they up the age from 70 and a half to 72. Yeah. 
and then a la- pull the limitations. Yeah, yeah, pull the limitation to seventy two because you're you're seeing it more and more. People are are working whether they they want to or need to. All right, oh, that's a good point. Yeah, thinking yeah, no, I'm working because I need to. I need to continue to save, so I want to get money in. Or they're working because they they just want to. They need something to do, and they're like, ah, you know what? I I'd like a spot to throw some cash, right? Because I don't I don't I don't want it the tax burden. All right, Sean. Well, I think with that, my friend, I think we're going to wrap it up this week. And uh, I hope you have yourself a fantastic week. And I look forward to talking to you soon. Sounds good. We'll talk to you soon. We'll talk to you next time right here on Retirement Elevated with Sean Lee. Investment advisory services offered through Elevated Capital Advisors, LLC, and SEC Registered Investment Advisor.